Welcome to Respawning Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Holden DePardo. That is Chad Michael Innes. What's up? And you're you, and that's why we love you. We got as good of a show as we could possibly have this week with all the new stories that have occurred. We're going to be talking about Final Fantasy Remake demo leaking. We're going to be talking about Respawn CEO... Um, something zambella i forgot his first name already uh, taking over dice la really exciting stuff but then we're gonna round it all off with what sony microsoft need to do in 2020 some of the leaks that have kind of occurred around the next gen consoles but like the teraflops all the important flops and how much floppity flop how the power of the flop <laughs> shut up <laughs> shut up baby dick before we get all that stuff though chad what have you been playing this week oh holden I have been playing a whole basket full of new this week. I play. <laughs> I just started that the, the way that I feel like. Um, what's his name on Saturday Night Live? He's like, it was Bill Hader, and he always cracked up. He's like, the hottest new bar in New York is. Chabot! Your parents and I are getting into bars. Anyway, that's how I felt like I started that. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. A whole basket <laughs> full of new this week of Destiny 2 and Beat Saber, and that's all I played. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, Destiny 2, we, uh, yesterday was raid day. We're trying to like carve out one Saturday a month is kind of like the timeline we're wanting to get on to like do raids or raid dungeons or raid layers or whatever the fuck they're all called. Um, and yesterday was trying to do the Leviathan raid that we did last month on the prestige difficulty where things get harder, like there are extra dogs in the Pleasure Garden's room, enemies are just more bullet sponges, um, things like when you're in the gauntlet running around in the circle, you can't just have two people who run the whole time, everyone has to swap out, it's, whoo, whoo, Holden, here's the thing, <laughs> we had the day planned, we were going to do the whole day, and I was like, you know, we can probably beat the regular version in like an hour and a half, so prestige version, yeah, maybe that might be a little more difficult, but I feel like we can do it. So I went ahead and scheduled a date for Saturday night. And I said, at about 4 o'clock, I was like, you guys, we were, we were three-ish hours in. I think we had just beat our first room. of There are three rooms and a boss. We just beat our first room. And I was like, how late can you guys stay? Because I'm straight up canceling this date tonight to stay and play <laughs> Destiny 2. All in all, we played for nine and a half hours, just focused on the raid. And we got through two of the rooms. We got all the way to the end of the room, the end of the third room. <coughs> but none of us realized Alex was dead and couldn't run the gauntlet with us. And so we all exploded. And it was like, fuck. So we didn't quite beat that one. But we're trying again immediately after we finished recording this podcast. Because we have to beat it before Tuesday. Because everything resets on Tuesday. But it is so much fucking fun. I spent 13 hours yesterday playing Destiny 2 with a collection of people and uh shout out to joel campos 63 aka ass belonker 69 <laughs> aka brendan fraser aka brendan fraser national treasure nicholas cage american vandal american history x bite the curb that's <laughs> That's a bad shout thing to compare to, someone to. You know, they're not like Joel. that really racist movie, American History <laughs> Shout out to Joel. Joel we don't think that about you. You're a lovely non-racist individual in uh, everything we've seen, at least. Well, I let's say I've only known his destiny self. 
And so he could be a racist outside of Destiny. I don't know. <laughs> um, shout out to Kyle St. James. Thank you for stepping in and being a lifesaver and not helping us beat that room, but helping us try that room and then coming back tonight. Shout out to the other Kyle, who was Jerrica's friend. Oh, and also shout out to Jerrica, who Saturday was her birthday. She spent her entire birthday day playing Destiny with us, and that's fucking awesome. Happy birthday. I had no idea. Happy birthday, Jerrica, from Glitch Girls Gaming. Everyone go to Glitch Girls Gaming on whatever podcast service you listen to. Subscribe to it. Listen to it. Giggle a lot. And then go to Podcast GGG on all social medias and follow them because they're great. Um, yeah, I had a grand old time, and I'm so looking forward to find. This is the last trophy I have is beating this on Prestige and then just fucking destroying the rest of all of these raids with all these people. It's so much fun. And then I played Beat Saber again this morning. It's fucking waste like an hour goes by so quickly in Beat Saber. <laughs> and I'm still doing those my I'm trying right now. I've decided this morning as I started doing it. I'm doing everything. I'm doing all the 90 degree levels and getting S ranks on them or double S if I can. But also I'm doing all of them at double speed. And I'm my goal to myself is to beat everything in the game on double speed on expert difficulty and then maybe we'll move on to expert plus who knows but beat saber's a <laughs> fucking bee's knees and that's I'm, i know it's the same thing that i always play and it's the same old same old but they're fucking great games and now it's your turn to tell me about new things holden i mean these are mostly games i've talked about i'll save the one i haven't talked about in the podcast uh, for last uh i'm gonna start off with sea of thieves i played a little bit that with my brother because he has an xbox already he got Xbox Game Pass, and he's like, we should find some games to play together. I'm like, we absolutely should. And mm-hmm. I'm going through all the games that are multiplayer on Game Pass. I'm like, man, these are all like not games my dad would let my brother play at all. Halo Master Chief Collection? No, he doesn't like him playing the shooting games, because my dad's like that. Okay, shooting is the mechanic of 95% of games. I know, I know, which made it very hard mm-hmm. to find a game to play multiplayer. But I'm like, why not what? There's... Some shooting in Sea of Thieves, but it's different. It's cartoony. It's like muskets. It's not like Doom, where you're ripping demons apart and there's blood and guts everywhere. Oh, that's hot. So I'm like, this would be an appropriate game for him. And then he's like, hey, hold look at me. And he's drinking beer in the game. And I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> I really hope my dad doesn't walk in. <laughs> uh, but we had a good time with that. Um, I want to make that a game night game. I think that'd be a really fun game night game. We did it as a game night game. But for everyone. All right. For like everybody. Because that was like a split thing because I was being stubborn and a baby and didn't want to play Anthem. <laughs> didn't want to pay $5 to play Anthem with us. Oh, I do not want to contribute any money to that game until Speaking it's of. like, if it gets revamped and it looks really good, I'll I'll check it out. But I have no interest. Um, otherwise, did you, um, did you buy Rainbow Six? I did. I didn't buy, buy it right now. But I don't have enough room on my PS4 to download it. And I'm like, oh, it's, you it's only like 23 gigs and I have like 50 left, but still let me download it. It was very strange. Um... So I played Sea Thieves. Um, well, we played Battlefront 2 for game night. So we played that. Oh, and yeah. Let's talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say that for, for a second. Speaking of first-person shooters, I played more Wolfenstein. Um, Wolfenstein I'm pretty won. deep into it, I feel. Wolfenstein I don't know how one the new order, the right? Yeah, new order, yeah. Gotcha. And I'm still really enjoying it. I'm a little confused. And maybe I just haven't gotten far enough in the game yet. But you were kind of saying that there's the before... Like the kind of hospital sequence, mm-hmm. and there's the after the hospital sequence. Yeah, and like it's a totally different game afterwards. It feels pretty much the same to me. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was totally different, but that was the like 
that was a narrative around that game. Everyone was like, get through the first two hours because they are fucking awful. But then the rest of the game is awesome. It's like, I, don't, I liked it all. So, Yeah, I feel like it's just it's a pretty normal ramp up for a... And I mean that in a bad way. It's a pretty normal ramp up for, for a shooter. Um, liking it a lot so far. Um, it just feels mechanically good to shoot. It is getting tougher. Like when there are two big gigantic mechs. Yeah. That you have to avoid, um, and they disable the turret guns with their like electro beam things, whatever they are. Um, that that became challenging, but I'm having a good time with that still. Um, <clears throat> I played more Spider Man because I'm going to finish Spider Man and Wolfenstein by the end of next week is my goal. Okay, and Spider Man, I'm very close to the end, which is surprising to me because it feels like because maybe I'm just I'm feeling this way with the game because I jumped in and out of it a lot. I expected the story to open up more. Because I remember like when they advertised this game, it's like, oh, and we got Vulture, and we've got Doc Ock, and we've got all these characters, and I feel like I have still haven't fought any of them. And I was looking, yeah. and I have like 10 missions left in the game. So these ten last 10 missions must be ridiculous. That is where the majority of the, those fights come from. But there are also okay. there are side quests that end in other um, villains from Spider-Man lore as well. Yeah. So, like, for instance, the, if you're not doing, like, the Taskmaster fight, I recommend doing that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I recommend definitely checking out the side missions for sure. Yeah, I've been doing the side missions as they as they come across. Um, I'm, I'm liking the game still. It's a fun game. Um, I do kind of wish that it was just the Peter Parker or just the Spider-Man sections. I really don't care about the other stories. like The stealth stuff? Well, they brought in, well, oh, brought in the, Miles, the, and the I'm stories. like... Gotcha. Yeah, like, um, what's her name? MJ. I'm like, I don't, like, here's going to be a pretty straightforward stealth sequence when I just want to be Spider-Man and jump around. Yeah. And I get to the Miles part, and I'm like, ooh, Miles, he's Spider-Man also. This will be cool. He's like, no, you're just going to, like, walk down the city street, and then you're going to hide from some stuff. And I'm like, I just wish I was just playing as Spider-Man. And it's kind of my only, like, really big, like, like, I don't like that part of the game. But it's because I just want to go play the other parts of the game. So it's kind of like a hard like thing to criticize it, where it's like, I don't like this because I like the other part so much better. But they also force you into doing the Miles and the MJ scenes. And I don't know, they just haven't felt impactful for me compared to the Spider-Man sequences. I don't know. Sure, I definitely see that. Those yeah, are for I me when it, I was playing through it. It was, it, was, it was like, okay, this is kind of a nice pacing breath of fresh air, but also they were like, it was kind of slow, and like, I'm ready, I'm ready to be back to Spider-Man. Yeah, well, I thought the pacing was already really good, where it's like, you do a mission, and then you're going to kind of just peacefully f- swing across to the side of the city to do the next mission. Yeah. And that was a I good, also love like, the times it when up. it's like, you do a mission, and it's like, hey, before the next mission pops up, just go fight some shit. And eventually, yeah. it'll, it'll, eventually, we'll call you and let you know when the next thing's ready to do. Just go clear or out Or literally crime. just swing around. I would just swing around yeah. and be like, oh, there's some guys who might help over there? Ah, fuck it. I want to keep swinging around. <laughs> Isn't swinging just so fucking good in that game? Yeah, it's really great. That's, that is the highlight of the game. Uh, I think they were even saying like that's one thing they knew they had to nail. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. And they're 100% right because that is the glue that seals the entire game together. I yeah. kind of think like on its own... Like, a lot of the individual sections aren't, like, the best they could possibly be in terms of, like, open world, like, mission structure and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But because it's Spider-Man and you're jumping all over the place and you're swinging around, it's like, yeah, it's all fine, though, because 
you're just Spider-Man swinging around, and that's great, isn't it? You're like, yeah, it is kind of awesome to like swing high into the air and then land right next to the bad guys as you're about to fight them. Like those are the moments that like really sell the game for yeah. me. Even um, if it is just like swing through some dust clouds. Yeah, like, exactly. And what a terrible fucking mission structure and like objective, yeah. but also like, but you get to do it while swinging around a Spider-Man, and the swinging feels good. So exactly, exactly. very, very good example. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm gonna finish that this week. Um, Final Fantasy X. So I, I put out a tweet and I said, "Hey, Final Fantasy XII and Final Fantasy X are both available for twenty five dollars. I know it's ten and ten too, but realistically, I'm probably only gonna play ten. Yep. So like to me, it was just twenty five dollars for one game. You're each. only gonna play ten because you hate women, and the, the second game stars three <laughs> women, right? As pop stars. Yeah. And if Titus is in the and... second game, why would I even bother? <laughs> oh my god! Did you hear the guy criticizing The Witcher? Because women can't use swords. No. The game or the movie? The, the show. The, the show. The guy's like, and I got to the scenes where the women have swords, and I'm like, no, that's so unrealistic. <laughs> and I'm like, and to each like have their own opinion, but that's like a shockingly bad take. Yep. <laughs> like, because, you know, Lord of the Rings, when, is it Eowyn from Rohan? Like, yeah, she, it was so unrealistic when she had a sword. No, she's a badass. Yep. Such a stupid. Anyway, sorry. That just when you said that it reminded me of that. Um, yeah, I think I wouldn't get to ten to only because so far in ten, I'm like, oh my god, this is why I don't really do JRPGs that much. Is because all the dialogue is really just exposition with a personality to it. That's really yeah. that's how I feel about JRPG dialogue. Um, but the combat system I really like in this game. Like, one of the very early encounters, you're not attacking the enemies in front of you. You have to attack something, like, some sort of object to the side that will then, like, ricochet and hurt the other enemies. Like, your environment kind of played into it, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but I haven't seen it show up so much since then, but I'm still enjoying the, the battle mechanic to it. But I need to just kind of power through and start getting to, like, the real story. I'm only, like, three hours in or so. Which still means I'm in that, like... Like, if it were a movie, this would still be the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah. And I have to, like, wait for, like, the <laughs> inciting incident and all that to, to begin. Uh, but the thing that keeps me into it is just... Sin, the the villain of this game, is really fucking cool. Where, at first, I thought it was this, like, giant ball, like, sphere of water. But I guess that wasn't Sin. Like, Sin's now, like... The, it was, like, this fish that I was chasing after at one point, too. Which actually, that's another example of like environmental battles where like the fin goes on either side of the ship and it changes the perspective of the battle. That was all cool. Um, but I don't really know what sin is, and that's kind of a cool mystery that's kind of bringing me in. I don't know if it was intended to be a mystery or not, but I'm excited about sin. I'm kind of curious what what sin's deal is. Um, Have you played so yeah, your I'm first round it. of Blitzball yet? I'm I'm just about to get there, and I. I had this pit in my stomach going. I feel like this is not going to be. I fucking a hate great- Blitzball. Yeah, I, I hate was, I was it kinda, so much. I feel like once I get past it, I'll be happier because I've I saw some clips of it on YouTube, and I'm like, ooh, that looks like some PS2 mini like RPG mini game garbage. It's just not fun. But they put it in there for world building, and that's basically it. Um, so is that kind of what it is? I I don't know. I missed all of what you said because you cut out. Oh, I basically said that it looks like mini game RPG garbage. that's just there to, for world building. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it was not even like a good mini game. 
Yeah, so I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> I kind of got the sense I shouldn't be looking forward to that. Um, but I'm going to beat that part so I don't have to do it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like, to me, there are those little things. Like, in Pokemon, there's the beauty contest. In Final Fantasy X, there's Blitzball. In Final Fantasy VII, there's the Chocobo racing and like, gambling. It's like Those are the things that are in there that some people like for some reason that you don't have to do. But yeah. they're there. When they make you do it, though, it's really annoying. Yeah. There's, I, th- I came to the realization recently, I think it was while I was playing Dragon Quest XI, that I don't think I like 3D JRPGs. Like, especially 3D JRPGs when you have, like, the small rooms and you're just going from room to room or, like, even the towns mm-hmm. are, like, kind of small, like Final Fantasy X. The and, open world is just, like, narrow passages. Right, it's just like a series of those. I th- and so I don't think I like 3D, which is why I'm so conflicted on Dragon Quest XI. I have not played more of Dragon Quest XI in a while. I think I would like it if I got 2D, but 2D is not part of the free demo. And like, damn it. So I haven't bought it yet. But <laughs> but then I'm trying to think, why did I like Final Fantasy XV so much? And I think it's because that one was so much more of like a well-planned, thought-out, open world. And that's what drew me in. And it, it was this huge, sprawling map that also had JRPG elements to it, but, and the combat system obviously was really cool. But yeah, a 3D, yeah. 3D JRPGs, especially in those small contained corridors, it's just like, ugh. I'm going to explore one room that's 10 foot by 10 foot and then go through a door and load another room that's 10 foot by 10 foot. It's going to be 2D, I bro. Think, <laughs> I think what Dragon Age did that made that not as like monotonous for me is the fact that I like the art style a lot. Whereas, like, it, it feels something really Dragon unique. Dragon Quest or Dragon Age? Dragon Quest Eleven, yeah. Okay. Whereas Final Fantasy X, I very much agree with you. Like, it, it, it's just corridors after corridor after corridor in this giant world, in quotations. Um, but it, it's trying to go for the realistic look. And I, I just I prefer a game that has, like, its own unique look that can make me excited to see the next area. What's that going to look like? Whereas in Final Fantasy X, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to see a, a vista that looks like a mountain that doesn't really look like a mountain because they're trying to make it look like a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. to be fair in that case, that's also a PS2 game, so it's not an entirely for right. criticism. <clears throat> um, but I, I, I get... The, to me, like, that's what makes something like Dragon, uh, Dragon Quest stand out. I think I also just hated playing as that stupid-looking main character... Oh, I like his look. I hated it. I hate it. Yeah. I understand that, like, I don't think ever in the game so far that I played, they ever, like, make reference to what gender the main character is. And they just call them hero. So I think it's supposed to be, like, this ambiguous mm-hmm. being. But I was just like, you could do that in a way that doesn't make him look dumb. <laughs> Ooh, that's it. Is that all you played? Well, we also played Battlefront 2. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I told you to remind me about this, and you did it. Good job. I did. I love it. Um, I, I Just based on when we were playing, it sounded like I liked Battlefront 2 more than you. Yeah, I think so. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. It's I, annoying because you get killed immediately. Oh, yeah. I just feel like, what did we spend, like two and a half hours playing it? About two hours, I'd say. Oh, it was about two and a half, yeah. And we played a couple of different game modes, and we ended with the sky battle, or the space battle shit. Yeah. But it, I just felt like the whole time, I, in the two hours of non-space battle stuff, I never really got a feel for how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to play the game. Like, like I feel like 
cover shooting was advantageous and kept you alive longer and made you sur- and made you better at the game. But also, I don't feel like the game was properly built for cover shooting mechanics. And yeah, you do die all the fucking time, which is fine. That's <laughs> a lot of like massively huge online multiplayer games, but it's just. I don't know. It never. It didn't really click for me. Some of the, the Star Wars stuff was cool. Like, it was a gorgeous looking game. All of the Star Wars lore, all seeing all the ships and all the characters and seeing all the costumes. I think the way that they redid the way that the loot box system worked, and now it's just like the progression system is is a little bit more defined and understandable. And I liked that, but I don't know. The gameplay itself just didn't really click for me. I think what made me enjoy it so much was. At least I, I found that the cover mechanics worked well enough for me, where I was like hugging a wall more or trying to find you know cover, uh, and it felt like kind of like a struggle to find it, which I can see not being enjoyable for for a lot of people. The reason I liked it is that it felt like it was putting me in the situation of really being in that battle and really being there. Everything was kind of a struggle. Like you don't turn that corner too fast because you don't know what's going to be there, and there's enemies everywhere. It also just was really rewarding when I finally did kill someone because you die so fast in this game yeah so it's very like there there was one point where i got like probably around like five kills in a row and i just felt like such a badass it's like hell yeah um but it is super super chaotic and insane but i think that's like that's what appealed to me i also already really suck at first person shooters so the fact that I was dying a lot wasn't really new for, for me playing a first-person shooter. It just kind of felt like more par for the course. Was this first-person or was it third-person? It's third-person, but you can... Um, I think if you hold down the down uh, the D-pad, you, it transitions to first-person. Oh, so you played the whole thing as first-person? I did, yeah. Which oh, I, okay. preferred, I preferred doing it. Which is funny, because actually when Battlefront first came out, my big complaint was, this is first person, it doesn't feel right. I remember the old games, you could do third person. And then I was playing mm. third person this one, I'm like, you know, I think I'd do better if I was playing in first person. And I did. So I stuck with it. I think that, yeah, maybe I would have been better in first person. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I think you're right. Yeah, the whole thing is super chaotic, and you definitely feel like this is what it feels like to be a grunt enemy on a huge scale battle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe something about the the fact that that chaos didn't quite mesh with how slow cover based mechanics can be sometimes, or should be. Some like you know, you saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't turn this corner too fast," but also I do want to feel like I'm part of this frantic, crazy shit. I don't know. Yeah. One thing I will say is that. This game is way too large file size. It's like 109 gigs. Is it? Yeah. So like between 109 gigs for Battlefront 2 and then Destiny 2 is like 91 gigabytes. I have like 200 gigs, which is most of my space on my PS4 dedicated to those two games. It's crazy. Are you ever going to play? De- Why do you still have Destiny? Are you still playing it? Well, I figured for game nights we might play it. But if, if yeah. we're not doing it for game nights, I might delete it just so I have room for other games. I mean, I'm I'm down for playing Destiny whenever the fuck ever. So, <laughs> if we want to play that for game night for the rest of time, I'm okay with that too. I feel like that might end up being the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all that we played. That's all you played. Yep. Chad, let's go to the fetch quests. Fetch me a quest, Holden. So, guess start off with some GTA Five quests because you can't have a week without GTA Five still being relevant what? somehow, and it's very relevant this week. It's on Xbox Game Pass. 
Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. is now official for the console only, not for PC Game Pass. It was also the most downloaded game of Christmas in Europe. What? I know that was what? Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Australia. But it's crazy. How does and this that... was? I don't this get was it. also before the Game Pass. Yeah, before so Game, like Game Pass. Pass. And before after Pass. it had already sold like a hundred thousand trillion million units. Yeah. Like who? Who doesn't? There are enough people in this world somewhere that don't have Grand Theft Auto Five already that really want it, and enough of them that that was the most downloaded thing in Christmas. That's insane. Yeah. Um. Great for Rockstar. Yeah. I literally they must have like some sort of scheme where they actually have like bought bots to buy copies of GTA Five, <laughs> and they found a way to do it and still make money and not lose money on it because that's the only explanation. It's the only yep. way it makes sense. Um. And also it's. If any game is safe to be on Game Pass, it's GTA Five because no one else. Like, I don't think many people are actually going to download it. I mean, I downloaded it off Game Pass because I already had it on my PS Five, but I'd rather put a large game on my Xbox with more storage. You have a PS Five? PS Four, I meant to say. Yeah, oh. I have a PS Five. I'm already playing uh, Horizon God. Two on it. Whatever's going to no. be coming. What out was the, what was the game they did announce for it? God, God, Godfall. Godfall. God <laughs> That's it. Uh, a game that I would love to play on it if it does come out for it, which I doubt. From Software's Elden Ring release date possibly added for June 2020. Ooh. Uh, this is translated from From Software's website. They had some sort of like campaign they were doing for marketing purposes. Excuse me. Uh, burped. And they said, you can choose from three types, three games for your prize for the campaign. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Metal um, Wolf Chaos XD, which released in 2019. And Elden Ring, which released in June is how they phrased it. Interesting. Now they might have been announced in June because it was announced at, in June at E3 last year. Um, like they could have mentioned that, but it's. It, I think it's. A, I'm pretty sure it's a current gen game. It's not a next gen game, so you're gonna want to have that game come out before the next gen consoles. June seems. I think it makes sense. What was the announced to release time frame for Sekiro? Oh, we saw that at Game. We saw a tease at Game Awards 2017. 2017 and 2018 E3, they showed it off, and then it came out in 2019. Okay. It's like a year and a half. All right. And they tend to do it that way, except for Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne had a longer lead because they kind of showed it off with the PS4. But that didn't come out until 2016. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I can't wait for Elden Ring. It's going to be awesome. Dragon Quest 12 has started development. So, yippee there. Woo! A record $120.1 billion earned by games and interactive media in 2019. Now, some caveats there. That's digital only, not physical sales. But like when they say interactive media, they mean anything done through Twitch or through YouTube that is relevant to the gaming industry. Gotcha. So all that ninja money. All, exactly. So like $50 what are other million dollars or whatever that ninja got, that is counted in this. Gotcha. Who, name two other streamers other than ninja. Um. The guy with the blue hair and the one who plays Fortnite. <laughs> that's Ninja. Oh, okay. <laughs> also Ninja. I can name Dr. Disrespect, and I think that's the only other one I got. Oh, I know Dr. Disrespect. And then... Um... Gary Witta, number one Twitch streamer. There we go. <laughs> Super Hot Gross is $2 million over Christmas. Super Hot VR. Good. VR, sorry. Super VR. Good for them. That Hell was... yeah. Great game, especially the VR version. The Witcher, another amazing thing. The Witcher Three reaches new all-time high concurrent player account on Steam. It is coming right off that television show. 
Yeah, five years after it came out. And this is also predates it being on Game Pass. This is also only Steam, so it's nothing to do with Game Pass. It's not just because it's on Game Pass, which I'm sure it's also doing very well on Game Pass now as well. Yep. But damn. Yeah, that's I all those people also, watching the show, and they're like, you know what? This show must be... This, I, I haven't seen the rest of the show. I've only seen the first episode, but they must be like, man, this show is good. I think I might go spend some more time in that world. Yeah, and I also think that I think Cyberpunk 2077 might have something to do with it as well. That game has a lot of hype building up for it. Oh, what have they made? Oh, they made The Witcher. I haven't played that before. And it kind of leads to someone downloading The Witcher, especially now that it's on Game Pass, where it's probably on sale over the holidays. So I think the TV show definitely is the biggest factor. But I think Cyberpunk 2077 might have something to do with it as well. People who want to see what they've done before. Who knows? I wonder how much Witcher porn there is out there now. Oh, I'm sure there's tons of it. January's PlayStation Plus offerings include a collection of three Uncharted games and Goat Simulator. So get it. Yeah, That's a good uh, month. That is a good month. I've already played... Well, I played Uncharted 1 and 3. I didn't... F- no, I played 1 and 2. I didn't beat 3. I never started 3. Um, But I haven't played you Goat Simulator You never got around before. to playing 3? I didn't... Remember, I didn't like Uncharted 1 and 2 because I got to them so late, but I really liked number 4. So I kind of thought, oh, I'm just not going to go play 3 because... I, I didn't like one and two. You that should much. play three now that you've like now. There's been a couple years. You should go back and play three. Mm, you should do it, Holden. But first, play all those other games. You also should play. Yeah, but I then also get... add this to that list and prioritize all of them as first. <laughs> right now, before Final Fantasy VII comes out, because once Final Fantasy VII comes out, there will be no time for any other games for the rest yeah. of the year. Yep, I have got to do Wolfenstein, Spider Man. Um, Final Fantasy ten, and I wanted to beat the um, Curse of Oberdin. Would oh, I started that by the way. I forgot to mention I started Curse of Oberdin. Very much liking it so far. Very interesting game. Um, and then uh, the Last Guardian because that's our January barf. Right. Speaking of Final Fantasy seven, moving on to our Sony Quest log. Final Fantasy VII Remake demo appears on the PSN store. This is an article from US Gamer by Hiron Cryer. Although it was unofficially listed, there was a leak listing that some have already been able to access. Details have leaked, such as the intro video for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Spoilers are out there. I haven't personally seen any, um, mostly because I'm not on, I think, relevant subreddits and stuff like that that would spoil it. I haven't seen anything on Twitter, but I find people on Twitter are usually pretty good about that kind of thing. At least all the awesome people we know there. Chad, have you seen this at all? Have you seen anything? I have not seen any spoilers, no. But I'm also not actively looking for them. Also, I mean, I played the game twice, so <laughs> yeah. I, I know what happens in the game. I don't know. There are probably still spoilers about extra things they've added and maybe the way things got reworked. And But mm-hmm. yes, just be cautious. Be cautious. Be cautious, yeah. I'm um, excited for this. I'm excited that there is a demo so that people can find can. I mean, come to expect this. There was like three demos for Final Fantasy 15. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, but there was a combat demo, and then there was also the the demo where you fight the uh, behemoth. There's there's mm-hmm. there's the one where you hit the toy hammer. Um, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm glad this exists because people can get their hands on it and be like, "Oh my god, I do fucking love it! I do want to be Cloud Strike." <laughs> uh, it, I'm curious when this is going to be released because it would presumably they'll want to release it before march 3rd unless it's just going to release the day the game comes out which would i think kind of be an odd move no i think with square enix they usually release things as like a hey this is a a piece of what's upcoming 
and you can unlock yeah. something. If you play this demo now, you can unlock something in the game. Um, so yeah, we're I, about two I'm, months away from the launch. I mean, even Resident Evil Two. I don't know it's not Square Enix, but you know those Japanese companies are all the same. <laughs> um, Resident Evil Two did the same thing where they had the one shot demo. We're like, hey, here's ten minutes mm-hmm. of as far as you can get as a kind of precursor to the game. So that's I think it's more yeah. and more that we're starting to see that. The important factor to me would be if your progress carries over, because then I'll actually play the demo. If your progress mm. doesn't carry over, I'm just going to wait for the game to come out, buy the game, and start there. I'm not going to replay the game again. So yeah, we'll and I wonder if the demo would be. Of course, don't look at spoilers, but I wonder if the demo would be what you if if that were the case, whether it would be what people mm-hmm. played at E3 already. Yeah, I'd imagine it's probably that because I played the beginning of Final Fantasy VII a while ago. And everything showed off with like going down into the like facility with the giant robot monster. That was all like that was the first boss of the game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's what I figured. Cool. Um, and surprising news for me, and you totally called it, Chad. Uncharted yep. movie loses another director, this time due to Tom Holland's Spider-Man schedule. The sixth director signed to the project was Travis Knight, who made the Bumblebee spinoff from, in the Transformers franchise. He has dropped out due to the scheduling difficulties. Yeah, surprise, surprise, bitches. I know everyone was like, but they have a release date now, a solid release date in 2020. <laughs> Doesn't mean shit. This movie's still never coming out. <laughs> what do we look at? It was, what, 2007 is when they st- first started making this movie? Or talking about making this movie? Possibly. Yeah, it's been and a long time. Coming. 2020 now? Yeah. Six directors later? They used to have Mark Wahlberg signed down as Nathan Drake. Now it's Tom Holland. And it was somebody else before. Yeah, this is not happening ever. <laughs> Speaking of hopefully happening, rumor Metroid Prime, this is Nintendo Quest Log now, rumor Metroid Prime 4's environment work might be outsourced. This is a job listing at Retro Studios that seeks someone to, quote, review outsourced content to ensure final deliverables reflect the desired artistic vision. Um, I just wanted to mention the story just because some people are talking about this in the context of, oh, that means this game's going to come so much faster now. I don't think that's what this means at all. Lots of games have some work done by, excuse me, support studios like Monolith helped out on Breath of the Wild on some of the open world design stuff. They didn't do that to speed up development, I don't think. I think they just did it because they needed a bigger team. Yeah. This it's, is the same thing. It's very common. Very common. Yeah. I mean, you think about... We hear of all these studios... I can't think of one off the top of my head right now because that's how brains work. But we hear about all these <laughs> studios like, hey, this studio has this brand new cool game coming out. Like, what have they done in the past? Like, oh, well, they've done like support work on this game from Call of Duty and this game that you heard about, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah. The, people contract out work all the time. Yeah. I honestly would even say it's ridiculous to call this story a rumor. Yeah, I'm sh- I, I'm sure it's true. Yeah. Also, it's a job listing on Retro's site. Like, it's about as official as you could possibly get. Yep. Yeah. Um. Moving on to our third party quest log. Lots of short quest logs this week. These are basically just a really long fetch quest that I just had to make an excuse <laughs> to <laughs> yep. have other segments for. It's like Welcome nothing to happened. The first this week. week of January, everybody. Um. Uh, third party uh, quest log. Respawn CEO takes over Dice LA plan. Oh yes, yeah, week in January. Uh, 
blah, blah, blah. Respawn CEO takes over Dice LA, plan studio name change, and an unannounced game. This is from Matt Kim at IGN. So, Sempella, who was the head of Respawn uh, Respawn Fire, Respawn <laughs> Entertainment. Yeah, we get those mixed up all the time. People are always like, what's that game company that made this game? It was, oh, it was Respawn Aim Fire. Yeah. <laughs> we are more popular than they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he said that he wants to rebrand the Dice, uh, Dice LA to be a destination you can go and make new content. So I don't think this is a Star Wars game. I've heard talk of that. It is definitely something unique, and I'm excited to see what they have to do. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on board with whatever Respawn makes. Yeah. Um, it's also just good to see them growing. Even though like we weren't big fans of Jedi Fallen Order, I think we still want to see them do more with that property, that IP. And I'm glad that EA is expanding them. Because it's kind of the opposite you hear from EA, which is usually they, they buy a studio and then put it in a stranglehold until they wonder why it suffocated. <laughs> well, I guess the people didn't want it, so why did we make it? No, you just did a piece of shit. Ready to go on to the quest log, Chad? Our main quest? Our main quest. Let's um, do a big old juicy main quest. Okay, we're 35 minutes in. This is the earliest I think we've ever made it to a main quest. Maybe. <laughs> January, everyone. So we have some information about next gen. I wanted to talk about that, and then just wanted to afterwards talk about what we think uh, Microsoft and Sony specifically have to do this year with their next gen consoles, marketing wise, whatever. Um, so the first one is uh, MPD analyst uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X won't impact the Switch sales. This is from Zarmena Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. That MPD analyst is um, Matt Piscatella, who it's always Matt Piscatella. He's like always. the N- NPD analyst. Um, he said, according to our player poll surveys, over 40% of Switch owners in the U.S. also own a PS4 and or an Xbox One. Switch isn't a substitute to P- um, PS or Xbox. It's supplemental. Uh, I said PS because he said PS in there. I would never say PS like that. Only Matt Piscatella did. Just the well, blame it's also is on in him. A tweet, so I'm sure he did it to fit it in 240. No, characters. he said it out loud. He said PS. <laughs> <laughs> it's supplemental. I don't see next gen hardware launches having a meaningful direct cannibalistic impact on Switch sales in 2020. For clarity, supplemental in this context, this is him again still tweeting. For clarity, supplemental in this context means supplemental purchase, additive slash incremental. This term does not refer to player preference. Yeah, it's not like, hey, I'm a PS4 gamer, and then on the side, I'm, I have a, I supplement that with Switch. It's just like, yeah. hey, they happen to own both consoles. This does not mean they play one over the other. Yes. Chad, what are your thoughts on his statement? Because we've talked about this in the podcast before. Yeah, I think they they 100% serve different audiences. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think we have to worry about cannibalism. And then I think he's right. It's the, every, every person I know who's into gaming also has a Switch. But of course, they start... Um, everyone started with... Because Switch didn't come out until midway through the generation. They started with a PlayStation mm-hmm. or an Xbox. Um. Yeah, 100% on the on the nose, not on the nose, on the mark and hit it. Check mark, check marks the spot. Checkmate, one of those things. He hit it. Nail on the head. You broke up for all of that and then I just say hit it. It was all gibberish and nonsense. We got to get you an ethernet cable, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I completely agree with him. And I think a lot of people are looking at the Switch as like, oh, when, when the Wii U was fine until the next-gen consoles came out. It's like, no, the Wii U wasn't fine before the next-gen consoles came out. It no. sucked. 
and people didn't want to use it. And the Wii held up well against next-gen consoles, even though the 360 had been out for a full year before the Wii came out. And I just think it comes down to, does it offer an experience you can't get anywhere else? And I think Switch has proven that. It is. And also, indies are going to go to Switch. Most people like to play their indie games. If they have all or multiple consoles, they tend to still play them on Switch. So I just don't think there's any concern for that. I think, if anything, it's going to be a good thing for Nintendo to have this like power disparity because developers are still going to want to make games for Switch. Now they'll kind of have to make unique games for Switch. So I think this could actually work out in their favor. I hope it doesn't turn into the dumpster fire that was uh, third-party games on the Wii, which they had no idea what to do with the Wii, oh, so they God. just made like, these dumb motion games. I don't think it's going to be like that either. I think no. this is going to be. I'm excited to see what happens with the Switch. Um, the bigger story is, however, the next one. This is from Digital Foundry slash Eurogamer, uh, and Richard uh, Ledbetter, who is of Digital Foundry, he wrote uh, an article on Eurogamer, but also made a video for it as well on Digital Foundry. So, PS5 and Xbox Series X GPU specs leak. How powerful is the next gen? Uh, here are the How powerful points. is it? So he mentions, Richard mentions at the very beginning that the sources initially seem very questionable, but he was able to vet them himself, and they are directly from AMD. So this seems very legit. I generally don't hear people, not just Richard Ledbetter, but also just generally speaking journalists say, no, this source is official. I have vetted it myself. Usually just say, take it a grain of salt because you don't know the source. So I think this is something that we should take with more than a grain of salt. I think this sounds pretty legit. And he's pretty open about what he does and does not know. Anyway, talking about PS5 first, then we'll jump into the Xbox. Uh, PlayStation 5, based on the PS5, um, the leaks, the PS5 will hit 9.2 teraflops of performance. The PS4 hit 1.8 teraflops. But Ledbetter notes that the Navi architecture used in the next generation has a better performance per teraflop. So 9.2 actually is better than what it initially seems, which is cool. GDR6 RAM seems certain. However, PS5 could either have 14 or 16 gigabytes of RAM. And there's also different CPU modes. There's a Gen 2, Gen 1, and Gen 0 uh, mode. And those are... What they're kind of theorizing is that it's used for backwards compatibility. Like, it'll go down to a Gen 0 if it wants to play uh, for, like, a PS4 game. Right. For example. Or it might, um, and then Gen it, 2 it's is... straight up emulating what it, it sounds like, the, like on a hardware level, it's emulating these different consoles. Yeah. So, that's interesting there. It's kind of just confirming things we had kind of already known. Oh, we didn't really know about that 9.2 teraflops of performance. That was interesting. That um, was, so, PS4 was 1.8. I think PS4 Pro is 4.2 or something like that. 4.2, yeah. So, it's this is going to be powerful. But again, like, it's... I guess like, this is what's baffling to me. If this version of teraflop is better than other teraflop, why is there even a standard teraflop? They'd be like to be saying like, oh, this kilogram. I know this says it's eight kilograms, but it's actually more like twelve kilograms. These are heavier these kilo- kilograms. So. These are heavier kilograms. Why do we have these standards if they don't line up like that? I don't get that, but whatever. Nine point two, but it, it's better than nine point two. Um, <laughs> Xbox. There isn't nearly as much data for the Xbox compared to the PS5. There also seems to have been different testing between the CPU for both consoles. So when they're kind of looking at the testing for both of those units, they can't really compare them apples to apples because they're testing for different things. Which I think is also interesting. I'll talk about that more in a second. Um, Lopetter also makes note of how impressed he was with the information they were able to gather. The chip itself on the Xbox is much larger than expected and pushes, quote, beyond the established norms in pursuit of maximum performance. And because of all this, he has concerns about how expensive this thing is going to be. 
this wasn't mentioned in the article itself, but a lot of people have taken this information and talked about pricing. There's been talk about PS5 is going to be about $400, whereas the Series X is going to be five, maybe $600, but that maybe won't be the only console they have. Um, we'll kind of wait and see on that kind of stuff, but I thought this was all pretty interesting. Before we move into the general like talk of what Microsoft and Sony have to do, what are your thoughts on that, Chad? I think that, yeah, that makes sense that Xbox is, again, coming back to that same quote from last month where they said, we were, for Xbox One generation, we were beat by Sony on both price and power, and we're not going to let that happen again. Uh, mm-hmm. So this makes sense that, that this kind of lines up with that, them being more powerful, and I think, as you mentioned, oh, might there be a second one at launch that costs less? Like that's, I think that's how they're going to do it, but... Uh, it's yeah. surprising to me, again, we talked about that it doesn't really mean anything, but it's surprising to me that PS5 is only registering in at 9.2 teraflops, especially considering like Stadia right now, I think is pushing 10 or is over 10 or 10. something 10. like that. 10.7. If you can get it to run well at all on your system and look good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 9.2, again, it's a meaningless number, but I expected it to be higher. I feel like 16 yeah. gigabytes of RAM. Oh, I don't know why there would be 14. I feel like that's so weird. 16 gigabytes is so standard. And I think it's like baseline for pretty much anything worthwhile nowadays as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I'm I'm very, very interested to see the Gen 2, Gen 1, and Gen 0 CPU modes. The fact that there's three. Like there's one mm-hmm. for obviously playing PS5 games. One maybe for backwards compatibility. And then maybe one for the cell architecture for the PlayStation 3. And if that means yeah, that's not thinking too. that I can get all of my digital PlayStation 3 games again on PS5, I would cream my own eyebrows off of my face. I would love that. And that's what Xbox is doing. They're just going, like, literally every Xbox generation is represented on this Series X coming up. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, the, I kind of thought they have to be backwards compatibility. I, I would really... I feel like that's such a big selling point for an Xbox. Yeah, that they and they've they they've need... straight up said that it's going to work with PS4 games, but like they have passed yeah. that. Still up in the and, air. and even if they just like, even if you couldn't put the disc in, but they just let you buy the game, like like have a full catalog of all PS1 games, all PS2 games, all PS3 games, and just buy them off the PSN. I'd be fine with that too. I don't need to be able to put the disc in because I'm, I'm sure there's extra hardware involved putting the disc in that they don't want to have to deal with because make the console way more expensive. But I think they should do it. If they can take that away from Microsoft and say, hey, you can get all the PS4 games you bought over the last generation because, let's be honest, you more likely had a PlayStation 4 and all of our amazing like back catalog of games, something, again, that Microsoft just can't compete with, I think it's going to steal some thunder away. Like My primary reason for wanting to get a Series X right now over a PS5 is knowing I could just plug a 360 game or an Xbox game into that, and that has opportunities for barf and things like that. I just feel like they have to do it. Yeah. Um, there's also been a lot of rumors, too. This is kind of getting into, like, what they have to do. There's been a lot of rumors too that like the the marketing push with PS5 is going to be history in the history of PlayStation. And it's kind of like all oh, the consoles combined to one the PlayStation system. PS5 is going to be the biggest one ever. Um it just kind of makes complete sense to me. Like once I heard that rumor, I'm like there's no way that's not what they're going to do. 100%. I'm on board. Let's move on to the next part. I started the next I part. I farted. 
Are you starting the next part? Sorry, I think just internet's yeah. being real shit right now. Um, no worries. I so here's here's what I th- so talking about marketing. I think that's a big part of it, but I also think that both PlayStation and Xbox have to publicly redefine what success looks like in the next gen console market. Because with Xbox, we're all assuming coming out with two SKUs and then having Project X Cloud and game streaming becoming a thing and PlayStation now becoming a thing, like numbers of consoles sold doesn't necessarily mean you are the most successful brand or the most successful console or the most successful console maker anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that without them coming out, Xbox has already said for at least this generation, we'll see if that continues next time, is that we're not giving out console numbers. We're instead going to give you active subscribers on Xbox Live or active players and things like that. And I think that's the way that they have to go and, and just say, hey, there are people playing our games and playing our content. Doesn't matter where they play it, whether it's on their PC, whether it's on the Xbox One, whether it's on the Xbox Series X. Uh, and I think PlayStation's got to do the same thing. I'm worried because PlayStation 5 has been super hush-hush on everything for the last like 18 months but they've let's just say playstation 5 has a lot of things it needs to pull out of its sleeve it needs to it needs to have to be able to compete with services because xbox one has a lock on services right now it's got to be able to compete with them on a uh marketing level because xbox is just blowing them out of the water that way as well um and i think xbox is just being more transparent so that's why we're all we all have them in mind and we're all looking forward to it. Whereas PlayStation five, they've just been holding them cards close to their chest and we got to see what they got. I think that I think PS now is still out selling game pass. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But if you ask anyone in the world, any random gamer in the world, they probably don't know that. Sure. Um, But, and I also guarantee you that that more people know what game pass is versus PlayStation PlayStation now. But it's all where the money is, and if people aren't putting the money down on it, even though they know about it, it's all messaging. It's not. There's no substance behind it. Um, I'm I'm feeling like a lot of people are just like Microsoft. Hey, we know you're doing some really great stuff. Let's just see what happens next hardware cycle. Like what's gonna happen? I think a lot of people are waiting. I think there's a lot of pressure on Microsoft to stick the landing. I think they've done a lot of great flips, but they they haven't stuck the landing yet. And I think that, yeah, I think you're right. They need to change the messaging on it. Mostly in Microsoft's case because it's going to make them look better. <laughs> they can't use the same numbers that Sony's using because they make Sony look better. <laughs> um, but I do think that that kind of message of this is where the games are at, this is where people are actually playing, is a winning message for Microsoft. But they have to couple that with showing games that are not going to release at launch just to show that there are games that are exclusive to Xbox that you're going to want. And I think they've already started doing that with Hellblade 2, which yep. a lot of people are talking about that trailer. That trailer has done very, very well. They need to have several of those at at E3. They need to have several games. They're like, these are things that are in development. They need to show, like, for example, if Fable 4 really is real, they need to show it off, even if it's not coming out for a few years. I think Microsoft's messaging needs to be we're going to have the most powerful console at launch, but you're also going to be able to play things on this. You cannot play on PlayStation. And I think that's kind of their only way of really beating out Sony. I think Sony, it's Sony's game to lose this year. Yeah. 
and you know what's weird about that is that uh, kind of alongside what I was saying earlier, I don't, I don't know what one console manufacturer beating another one looks like in the next gen. Because I don't, I don't think anymore. I don't know what that metric will be, what they decide it will be, what they're looking at as success. But I don't know, and I don't think whether console sale numbers will be enough to determine, hey, this console won this generation. Or yeah. This. Like I don't know what what beating the other one looks like, or whether we need to I, have I, them beat each other at all. I don't. I don't know if I see it that way. I think it's a little bit differently, which is that. PlayStation won the last generation because it did so- sell like more than double of what, what what Xbox sold. But I think that because of that, people are just expecting Sony's going to sell more consoles anyway. So it's not really it's not necessarily like where the intrigue is of what's going to happen next. I think it's really just a matter of how much is Microsoft going to catch up. How much are they going to like have strong messaging going into it? Because I really I mean to this day. Xbox, the reason it flopped is still seen as that their their faulty messaging. Yeah, in in the beginning, um, at least that's just like how I'm looking at it. Faulty like, messaging, uh, and I also me. think that the hundred dollar price difference made a big difference too. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing too is I've been hearing some rumors that they will only release the Series X this year, and they're they're but they are working on two consoles. They'll announce the second one, but not release till next year. I think it's such a terrible idea. If Microsoft has both consoles, they have to release them both at the same time. I think so too. I I don't know where those rumors are coming from, but based on that quote, like we won't be beat on either of those. Yeah, price and power. Yeah. I th- they've got to release both at the same time. It'd also be such a stupid move to say, "Hey, here's a really powerful console that's super super expensive, but if you want to save some money, wait till next year or just buy our competitor's product." Like it just it's yep. they have to release both at the same time. Um, I I guess what I'm curious about mostly is the the big thing for me is still the price. I'm super concerned about the price of these consoles because a lot of the talk is also that they're going to have one terabyte SSDs. A one terabyte SSD is expensive. Like actually let's, let's yep. look this up. I'm very curious. It's expensive, especially when they're not just off the shelf SSDs. They're like exactly. custom made SSDs. Um, let's see one terabyte SSD. What do you think the price is going to be? On like new, I don't, know. I don't know it by itself. Actually, maybe like you could probably get one for like one hundred ninety nine. I know if you're going just because I looked at this for Kanan earlier. If you're going from like a a five twelve uh, fusion drive to a one terabyte SSD on a new Mac, you're looking at like a three hundred and thirty dollar upcharge. Yeah, it's insane. So here's a Samsung one that's one hundred twenty three dollars for one terabyte SSD. That's a significant portion of that yeah console and again price. that's an off the shelf not it's an off the shelf yeah yeah so i'm really really that's i think that's the thing i'm the most interested about and my thing is are they just gonna are they gonna hold that price for as long as possible or are we gonna have these events early in the year or they just let it out there and i feel like that's probably what's gonna happen is, is we're gonna get early announcements in the year and then just have e3 be focused on games E3 definitely has to be focused on games. And I feel like that was kind of their strategy. Well, at least PlayStation's strategy uh, with the PS4 launch. Uh, getting all the, like, this is the fe- software features. This is what SharePlay looks like. This is all this. Like, yeah. they did all that in February. Yeah. Um, whereas Xbox stumbled in E3. But I think that's, I think, yeah, E3 has to be 100% about the games. And they've got to come out and say more stuff about the consoles 
beforehand so we can get that out of the way. Yeah. Um, Sony had their announcement in, like, February of, like, like it's going to have 8 gigs of RAM. It's going to, you know, all the, like, here's what the control looks like. But they didn't show the box. They didn't talk about the price. They didn't talk about yeah. the launch date or any of that stuff and, until E3. And I feel like they should, they should even do that gonna, stuff beforehand as well. I don't think we're going to see price even by E3. I think price is something they're going to hold a little bit even maybe until, like, August. You think? Yeah. Why that long? Because I feel like it's going to be a shock to a lot of people, and they want to try to fi- they want to try to get people hyped for it, and then control the message on the way out, and be like, "Oh, by the way, all that mm-hmm. cool stuff you just saw, a three, six hundred dollars." Yeah, I think I think people should be ready for a price like that. Yeah. I would not be surprised if, a, if there was at least a PS five SKU that is six hundred dollars. Yeah, because also think about the messaging of this. If it is that expensive, and we see in like April or May. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X cost $600 at launch. Going into E3, every, all the memes are going to be, yeah, that doesn't look like a $600 game. That game's not worth paying $600 for a box to play it on when I can play it on my PS4. Like That's going to be the messaging around mm-hmm. our E3 rather than, holy yeah. shit, look at all this cool shit I can do on my Xbox Series X. Especially when we know that most developers are working on cross-gen games and not next-gen games. Yeah. There was that survey we talked about last year where 20% of developers are working on cross-gen games... Two percent of developers are working on next gen games, so the, especially if it's a six hundred dollar box and you can play the exact same games that you're getting on your PS4, like right. not going to be a big seller. You're, you're spot on there. Um, I think that holding it till something like August, I, I I definitely see where you're coming from. It would also not be a great move to hold it till August and be like, in two months, get get ready. You're going to spend this much money on it. I don't know. I'm I'm really surprised. I I wonder if there's going to be a lot of trade-in programs where, like, Sony tells GameStop, you are allowing trade-ins for PS4 for this amount because they want to get people... Like, if 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 the PS4... Sorry, PS5 can play PS4 games and you already own a PS4... And as Jim Ryan said, we want to get you to those new consoles as fast as possible. There's going to have to be some sort of trading program. Or even if it's not Sony dictating it to X or to, to uh, GameStop, I think it was four or five months ago there was a news story that you can now just buy PlayStations and accessories and stuff like that direct from PlayStation. Yeah. Like there is now a PlayStation store for products uh, where there hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a similar to how the Xbox Scarlet trading program is. Oh, no, that's everywhere. Fuck. I don't know. But yeah, maybe they offer something direct from their channel. I also wouldn't be surprised if... We already know Microsoft's doing monthly installments. Yeah. Why wouldn't Sony do that too? It's really not an unusual model. I think most consumers have experienced it with buying a phone. Yeah. And when... Well, yeah. When these consoles launched in 2013... Like, that was not something everyone was used to. They were used to, no. oh, my $1,000 phone costs $200, and I didn't never mm-hmm. even know it cost $1,000. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Since then, we've completely changed the way we pay for technology, and mm-hmm. people are and used Microsoft's, to And Microsoft's already done it, and I think that Sony, if they're smart, is just going to copy that. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, very curious. I think we're in for a very interesting year. I think a lot of how we expect console launches to go is just going to be different this time around. Um, I mean, we already saw the first one with Stadia, so. (laughs) So exciting. So exciting. (laughs) I do have, and I have nothing to back this up, is pure speculation, more like a gut feeling thing. I haven't seen rumors about this. I haven't seen, like, it's just me going, I wonder. In terms of release dates, Microsoft has said holiday. So obviously that's happening holiday because they said holiday. All Sony says is that they weren't going to release it within a year of them first talking about it in the Wired 
article, which was like in April. So presumably it will not be out before April. Oh, Do you, you think, think there's a chance earlier that... in the year? Why? I I don't think like June or anything like that. But like, why not like September and just kind of have a softer launch in September and then have a big holiday pickup once the hardcore fans have bought it, once you can have more games that are available for it. It worked well with the Switch. It worked really well with the Switch. Do we I know of any surprised. games launching September or October of 2020? None at all. The latest game that we're aware of right now, at least that I'm aware of, is in May. So I think it's I think it could happen. And would it I don't think it'd be that crazy. I really don't think so. Yeah. That would certainly make it easier for like all of the Call of Duties of the world who are starting to launch in October or whatever the next Destiny expansion. Rather than saying, buy it now on your old ass console and then also buy it again on the new one. No, you can just buy them both on the same day. I don't know. That's interesting. Exactly. I have nothing to back that up. It is purely yeah. gut feeling, just to be Have we totally ever had any clear. kind of hardware launch in, like, September? Uh, we had the event for PS4 Pro in September, but it didn't launch in September, right? No, that was also November, yeah. I mean, consoles generally come out in November, yeah. October, November, December as well, a while ago. Just a PS1 came out in December. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think there's actually one of what? PS2 may have come out in September. What an interesting now. little thought you had there. Um, another little thought I had, maybe you won't find as interesting as I do. Um, going back to pricing, let's just hypothetically say, because there's again the rumor of this PlayStation being $400 and then the, the uh, Series X being five or $600. Let's mm-hmm. just say that it's that it's that way. It's like, it's four, we'll say 600 right? And then Microsoft also has the lower priced version that's not quite as powerful. Is that also going to be 400 or is that going to be closer to 300 In which case, would people go, well, the PS5 is $100 more and a little bit more powerful. It's kind of like the good middle ground. I'll just go with that one. Like, could this two-tier strategy for Microsoft actually end up hurting them? Because, well, the middle option is kind of like the best of, of both worlds in terms of power. Know. I'm curious how that might go as well. Um, PS2 came out in November and October depending on what country you're in. Hmm. Hmm. Well, March in Japan, but it, November and October for Europe and North America. What con- There's a console came out in September. I could have sworn. Maybe I'm just crazy. I'm probably crazy. Maybe the PSP Go. <laughs> <laughs> that counts as a new generation console. Um, yeah. Just going to have to see what happens. PSP Go. I totally... Totally threw this out there as a joke, but October 1st, 2009. Oh, wow. So it's, it's right in that September-October window. Yeah. Chad. Yes. This year is going to be full of surprises with Next Gen, but you have a surprise for us right now. Oh, I do. Let's move on to Game On Game Show. The Game On On Our Game Show where we play Game On, the gaming show, and the game, 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 game. <clears throat> I have a new game today. Are you ready, Holden? Yes. The game is called Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. And it is... <laughs> Isn't that a great name? Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, this is... T- today of all days might be the worst day to play this because of the internet issues we're having. But this is a time-based lightning question game. <laughs> I figured out why the internet's not working, by the way. Okay. Can you fix it in the next two seconds? 
No, I can't. Okay, great. So here's what it is. I have four rounds of questions for you. Each round is slightly different. Each round is a different length of time. In these rounds, you have to answer questions. As you get them correct, you advance to the next round. If you get through all four rounds and with the proper answers for everything, you get a huge surprise. All right. Are you ready, Holden, for round one of Quiz Me, Captain? It's me, Margaret. (laughs) In this first round, you have 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I will keep time for you. Hold on. Let me get my timer set. 30 seconds. To name 10 video game characters who wear shoes. And go. Sonic. One. Mario. Two. Would Link count? Three, yep. Uh, Nathan Drake. Four. Star Fox has some. Five. 14 seconds left. I can't remember characters now because I have to think about it. Shit. Uh, uh, Agent 47. <laughs> Lord of Croft. Seven. Six. Seven. Crash Bandicoot. Eight. Luigi. Oh, time is up. And also, I don't think Crash Bandicoot wears shoes. I'm pretty sure he does. Does he? Maybe he does. But up. it doesn't matter. You were still one short by the end, by the time we got to 30 seconds. Oh, hold on. So you don't get the extra special big prize. But you do advance to round two. Are you ready for round two of Quiz Me, Captain? Wait, me how many Margaret. did I have to get to miss it? You get 10. You got nine. Oh, okay. You were did I get 10 close. for each of these? Uh, no. This is different, different types of questions for the next ones. Okay. <clears throat> are you ready for round two of Quiz Me, Captain? It's me, Margaret. He has shoes. Look at those shoes. He does have shoes? All right. Perfect. Great. Round two. You have 60 seconds this time. Let's do this. 60 seconds, and there are three questions involved. You have to answer all three questions correctly in the 60 seconds. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Let's play Crispy Cat. It's me, Margaret. Time starts now. Name six games not published by EA. (laughs) <laughs> that's so easy I was it's really easy Legend of Zelda Link to the Past Legend of Zelda One, Link's Awakening two, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker Legend of Zelda Twilight three, Princess Legend of Zelda Mage's Cap Legend of Zelda Skyward five, Sword 6 6 done name two Mario games that don't start with Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Mar- Mario and Donkey Kong alright that's two name two princesses whose names aren't Zelda Princess Toadstool and Daisy all right, perfect. You had 24 seconds to spare. Way to go. Ooh. Masterfully done. Boom. You blew second round out of the water. That's going to make up for the first round. You might still get this big prize. Are you ready for round three of Quiz Me, Cat, Mitz, Margaret? <laughs> yeah. You have 20 seconds on the clock to convince me that Sonic is a good game. Go. It's so much faster than Mario. <laughs> 14 seconds. I'm not convinced. Fast is not good. Uh, there's so many interesting characters you can play as, like Tails, where you can fly and you can approach levels different ways. You can't do that in a Mario game in quite the same way. This game with Tails and Knuckles and Sonic switching between them. I've only played one Sonic Holden, game, and not for that it. long. <laughs> Holden, you did it! <laughs> Tails is my favorite character, because he flew! Great job. You won in 20 seconds. <laughs> I'm shocked I did that, because I barely have played a Sonic <laughs> game. And I also don't believe in the premise. <laughs> Final round for Quiz Me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. Are you ready? Yes. You have 30 seconds for this round. 
You have to get four correct answers. These are either or questions. You have to pick A or B. Mm-hmm. One of them is correct. One of them is incorrect. You have to get four correct out of these ten that I have in 30 seconds. Are you ready for round four of Quiz Me, Captain? It's me, Margaret. Yes. Time starts now. Bowsette or Carl Weathers? Bowsette. Yes, correct. Gannon or Captain Falcon? Gannon. No, Gannon's too slow. It's Captain Falcon. Reggie fils or Carl Weathers? Carl Weathers. No, Reggie fils is amazing. Sega Dreamcast <laughs> or Pocket Pikachu? <laughs> Sega Dreamcast. Yes, absolutely. Seg- uh, Overcooked or Modern Warfare? Overcooked. Hell yeah. Gordon Freeman or Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yes, this food is delicious. VR or mobile gaming? Oh, time is up. Holden, you did it. You got four questions right. Congratulations. Boom. You won the big prize. It is, a, it is an amiibo of your choice that is readily available and not super expensive because it's rare and hard to find. <laughs> so choose an amiibo. I'll send it your way for winning. Woo. Quiz me, Captain. It's me, Margaret. That's it for Game on Game Show. And that is it for our podcast today, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations to Holden. Yay. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome. If you would like to play along with us, you can do that at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire where you can influence what we play every month. Like telling us what barf game we're going to play. That's Backlog Accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. This month's game is... The Last Guardian, which I just typed in here because it was Donut County a second ago. That's right. The Last Guardian. And you can also play along with us like those fun-ass raid nights that we're playing. And then game nights where we play all sorts of shit. Uh, Holden wants to play uh, Sea of Thieves. We'll see. We'll see. And then you can also get cool-ass We got to get Asa in on there after... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> after our exchange you gotta get ace in on there for some xbox ace has got ace has got destiny on playstation he's played along with us once um uh, maybe twice i can't remember time is a flat circle um yeah so go there support us at one dollar above and you get that shit is there anything else i feel like i missed something oh subscriber interrogatives if you want to ask us a question if you want to suggest something if you want to take a poop and send us a picture of it at respawning fire on twitter don't send real like if you want to if you want to draw a sketch of a poop that you took that's fine but don't send us real life photos unless it's like made in dreams if you made if you made a toilet with poop in it that resembles your poop and it looks realistic and we can't tell the difference whether it's a picture or made in dreams then send it to us have you seen that picture of the food holden yeah i was just gonna ask you it looks so good yeah if your poop picture that you make in dreams looks as good as that food picture does then send it to us at bonus points if your character eats that meal and then poops out a realistic poop of that oh, meal. Oh, shit. Bonus points. Here's the thing. Add grape soda to the side. Turn the poop green. That's it. And that's it for our show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Don't send us poop pictures, please.